Hey guys, this is Jessica. And this is Kendra. You're listening to Lucid, Lucid Lab. Lab. It's kind of hot in here right now. It is a little warm. I think it was in one of our episodes. We're like, oh, it's turning into fall. And it's not. I, I said, just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> it's been it's really like hot. It's like 90s. Yeah. It, we're having our second summer in Colorado right now. Uh, I do not like it. No. I'm sitting here in flip. Well, you're in flip flops too. I we're know, in like summer clothing today. <laughs> I just don't feel good though. Anytime okay. I get a little bit hot inside and we can't keep the air conditioner on because my air conditioner whistles a little bit <laughs> when we're <laughs> we recording. I want to hear that. We're also a little sleepy because we stayed up late the other night. We did. Listening to CDs. <laughs> we were probably too loud. Yeah, I hope that you don't get a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what was funny, though. Like if the cops came, it would have been just a sight to behold because it's three middle aged girls who are jamming out to all my old CDs <laughs> that I mentioned. <laughs> it was really fun, though. We it were was. just dancing and we had our own little private dance party at Jessica's place. We had a night which doesn't happen often that all three of us did not have our kids. And so it's like, we need to do something. Yeah. We started talking about it late in the afternoon and we had all been, you know, doing mom stuff and none of us were like wanting to go out. (laughs) Yeah. Like put makeup on and look, you know, alive. Right. So (laughs) it was much easier to just come over to Jessica's and have fun and not care. And we did. We had lots of fun, but I don't stay up late that often. So it kind of kicked my butt. I mean, I do, but for other reasons, but I was still tired because I already had no sleep throughout the week trying to finish things and get things ready. Yeah. Just work wise (laughs) and for us. And so (laughs) I had a whole other night of productivity like planned for me. And then Kendra's like, what are you doing? I know. Oh, gosh. (laughs) We were we had a pretty tight weekend. Like we wanted to try and record two episodes. We have two episodes that still need editing. Mm -hmm. And then we just have a lot going on in our personal lives with work and the kids. And so we're trying to cram this all in. And Saturday night was supposed to be our productive night. And then we danced to CDs instead. Yeah. (laughs) So two loads of laundry are still on my bed that were meant to be hung up. (laughs) And I just scooted them over at the end of the night. And I'm like, I'm going to bed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have gotten nothing done at home, but I am going to go grocery shopping after this. So gotta have some food in the house we're recording on a sunday and i tried to prepare by having some food for us here when she got (laughs) here and i was botched they delivered to the wrong place and i had to go find it because they gave me like a picture of the door (laughs) and i was like that's That's not my my door door. (laughs) yeah we were supposed to start stroll (laughs) probably like 30 minutes ago and we were just waiting because when i got here jessica's like the pizza should arrive at any moment And then it said it did, but it did not no. arrive to the right house. So I went walking for a good while in the heat. I found it. And I just picked it up and walked it all the way back. That's why you're so hot, because you had to like, run over yeah. four buildings away and come back. And we <laughs> stuffed a slice down our throats, and here we are. But I'm excited to listen to her episode, because I'm very confused about what it's going to be about now, because I had it in my mind one thing what it was and after hearing you talk about it for like a second I'm like that's not at all what I thought it was so So I am doing I guess we would consider it a historical mystery kind of episode today so I'm going to be talking about the lost colony of Roanoke before we go into more details about the lost colony of Roanoke I did want to give a shout out again at the beginning and just say thank you all for listening we would appreciate you going on to your favorite platform and rating us and yes, maybe please. leaving a sweet comment, just anything to help us get visibility and, you know, get our show out there more. Yeah. You know, might as well just do it all now. We always do it at the end, but we're trying yeah. to mix it up back and forth. <laughs> 
We're on all the socials, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and then go check out our Patreon. We mentioned that that's all up and running now. Yes. Appreciate it. And then also, if you have a story... We would love to hear more stories. We had our lab reports come out a few weeks ago and we got really good reception from yeah. you guys as the audience and we want to bring more of your stories. So if you have something, can be short, can be long, it can include your name, it can be anonymous, you do whatever you want to do. Send those stories in about anything, really. Anything. We will be putting together another lab reports soon. And if you want to be included, you can send those to our email, which is lucidlabpodcast at gmail.com. Or mail it to P.O. Box 251 East Lake, Colorado 80614. We can't wait to read more. So let's talk about Roanoke. Okay, let's do it. So this is a story I think I vaguely remembered hearing in school, but it was kind of like just, oh, by the way, this happened. Here's a few details, like three little bullet points, and then you just move on. And I think that's how most of us have learned it, if we learned about it at all. Yeah, I'm wondering if I did at all. Roanoke was actually 30 years before the Pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock. So we were all taught Pilgrims. They were the first settlers. They set up the new world. That wasn't the case. There was Mm -hmm. actually this battle going on long before, and it was between England and Spain. They were both trying to colonize the United States before the Pilgrims came here and really set it up. I guess Christopher Columbus was originally the first one, what, in 1492 or something. So they say. I but don't believe any history we all know <laughs> that that history has been challenged. And I feel like this will be another story where it's like what we were told is probably not really what happened. Right. So I'm hoping to get into some of that controversy today. Yay. So Roanoke was a small colony and it was founded on an island off the eastern coast of North America. To be specific, it was right off of North Carolina in what we now know as the Outer Banks. Oh, okay. And the establishment of Roanoke was an attempt by Sir Walter Raleigh. He was a pretty big character back in the days, and we'll get into more about him, but he was the one that was sent by England to come over and try and colonize North America, and he was always in competition with the Spanish to make claims before anyone else. So this settlement of Roanoke would have been the first permanent English colony in the New World. However, the settlers disappeared under very unknown circumstances. So we're just on an island right now. We are on the island of Roanoke. Yeah. This was going to be the place that England was going to set up as their entry into the new world. They Mm -hmm. wanted an island. It was in a place that it was semi-hidden. Yeah. They wanted to be where if the Spanish fleets came by, they didn't automatically see that there was an English colony that they could, you know, completely demolish. Okay. (laughs) Because that kind of stuff was going on at the time. So this was like a hidden area on the Outer Banks, and it still gave them access to the ocean. Okay. If they wanted to get back out into the Atlantic, but then it also gave them quick access to the main land of North America. So it's pretty big, though. It is a pretty large island. Okay. It is still called Roanoke today. You can still visit it. It's in the Outer Banks. I have like a little map. Honestly, I'm not real, real familiar with the Outer Banks. I've been there one time in my life and it's beautiful. There's nice beaches and everything. Mm. So the Lost Colony of Roanoke is one of the most notorious mysteries in American history. There were cryptic clues left at the abandoned settlement and there's lack of any concrete evidence. So it's become the focus of wild speculation and some crazy theories out there about what happened to this Mm. colony. It was first founded in 1585. However, we know by 1590, the original governor, his name is John White, after going overseas to get more resources, he came back to find the settlement completely empty. Weird. His daughter, 
and her husband were part of the colonists and his grandchild, who would have been turning three, he actually arrived back to Roanoke on his granddaughter's third birthday. Everyone had vanished. There was no sign of life there. There were no houses left. And the only thing left behind was carved into the tree. And it was the word Croatoan. And then there was also another tree that had the letters C-R-O carved into it. There were no other signs pointing to an explanation about what that meant. And there were no items left behind to give any indication of what happened to the colonists. So it looked like no one had ever been there? Basically. Alternate dimension? He came back to the wrong one? I don't know. They're still there somewhere. So we're going to talk about it. (laughs) That's really weird. Maybe he went to the wrong island. Well, there's (laughs) no, (laughs) they weren't that bad. They knew it was the right island. (laughs) The colony has since been known as the lost colony. To this day, the fate of the 112 to 121 colonists is unknown. Hmm. Straight up aliens. Something. And there have been archaeological digs. Nothing has come up. Nothing. Nothing. It wasn't even lived on prior. They just vanished. No, it was lived on. Okay. In order to understand what may have happened, I need to give a lot of the background about how everyone came to be, the Native Americans that lived in the area, Mm -hmm. because they're a big part of this story, and then also the politics and dynamics that were going on between England and Spain, I think also had a part, as well as religion, as it always does. I mean, but why take the houses? I'm confused. That would take a while (laughs) to undo everything. So let's start about why this particular island, Roanoke, would have been chosen as the spot for the first colonists from England. Okay. So the Outer Banks of North Carolina, they started exploration there in 1524 by a man named Giovanni de Verrazzano. Now, back then, when these men were out exploring, they made a lot of mistakes because there was no maps. You know, this was like the true exploration. Right. They just get in a boat until they hit some land and then they're like I think we're here (laughs) that's kind of what happened he originally mistook that area he thought he was in the Pacific Ocean they were looking for a spot that would connect the Atlantic Ocean over to the Pacific Ocean because they wanted to find like a quick thoroughfare to Asia it's very hard to get to from England so they were hoping if they came into America they would find like a little channel in between they didn't know how large America Man, was back shit then. shit was weird back then. It's really hard to like <laughs> picture and even yeah. tell the story, but that's what they thought they had found. Oh, okay. They found these little islands and then it connected to more water. And he's like, that has to be the Pacific Ocean. there's only one, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he ran into land and realized, oh, maybe not. France is where he was from. He went back to the royalty of France and said, I found it. I found our way to China. And then, of course, everybody in Europe is like, he found it. We got to get there first. So that started this whole like frenzy of coming to this part of North America. (laughs) So Queen Elizabeth I was sitting in power in England at the time, and she granted a charter to a man named Sir Humphrey Gilbert. He was to explore and colonize territories and claim them for the throne and for Christianity. Mm -mm. So Gilbert came over and he was able to claim St. John's and Newfoundland. So he actually went a little further north because that's up in Canada area. Because once again, they didn't have the best technology. And when they just ran into land, 
I mean, we all know the story of Christopher Columbus and why <laughs> he called Native Americans Indians. Right. Similar things were happening here. So this man came over and he claimed it in 1583 as English territory. But then he unfortunately was lost at sea on his return journey. So that oh. kind of washed away that claim because you got to get back, I guess. I yeah. don't know exactly how claims worked back then. Oh, you can't just name something after yourself and move on? <laughs> you can just put a flag down and say, yeah. it is mine. <laughs> So after Gilbert died and was lost at sea, Queen Elizabeth, she took that charter that had been given to Humphrey and she divided it between his brother, Adrian Gilbert, and his half-brother, Walter Raleigh. That's where Raleigh comes in. We all know Raleigh, North Carolina. So you can see that he's going to be the influential one. okay, Raleigh. So when she divided this, she gave anything in Newfoundland and above would go to Adrian and anything in Newfoundland and below would go to Walter Raleigh. So with that, Sir Walter Raleigh was given this in 1584, but there were requirements to it. The only way that he would be able to keep that claim is if he was able to establish a solid colony by 1591. So the race was on. He had seven years to get there and make a real settlement. And if so, then he would be able to collect the taxes from the colonists, make it his own, name it whatever he wanted. So this was like, Hmm. so he would be the conqueror of this area, which was a big deal to these men back in the day. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they did it in the Stanley Hotel. They did it in many of our stories. I know. So these were the OG conquerors okay? because nobody was in North America yet. Except for, you know, the people who own North America, which right. were the Native I, Americans. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> there were no white men. So once they established the colony, then the way that these conquerors would make money is then they would be able to send other protégés over yeah. that wanted to go make a fortune in the New World. They were called privateers, and they could then take their ships into these colonies that were established. And along the way, if they happened to see other ships, they could pirate. There was lots of piracy back then. Okay. They could steal whatever they found on the way would be theirs. And then also when they got to the new colony, they could claim anything there as well. So if they got into these new colonies and were able to go and find like copper or gold or Mm -hmm. whatever, it would become their treasure. So it was like the original in a way, kind of like the gold rush where people could come over to this new land and just look for resources, bring it back and make money off of it. Spain has to be mentioned here because they were down in South America and coming up into Florida at this time. Mm. And they were very successful. We all know the stories how they colonized the Caribbean, Mexico, and South America, Peru. And they were honestly horrible people because they would go into these large cities that were already owned by like the Mayans and the Aztec. And they would just take them over and say, this is, you know, mine. And they would kill all the people and take all the treasure. And so England was like, we want to get in on that too. Spain was becoming the most powerful country in Europe and England was jealous. And so they wanted to start pillaging themselves, but they couldn't go down and fight where Spain already had their stronghold in Florida and all of the islands. And they were down in South America. So they felt like they could fly under the radar if they went up north and they would get a stronghold there Gotcha, and take all of those resources because that's what colonizers did. They didn't want to come over here and get to know the people and like start new utopian societies. No, they just wanted to take all of their goods. Take, take, take. So Raleigh was given this charter that allowed him to take over all of this area, but he was not allowed to actually leave England because he was an important 
consort to the queen and she wanted him there by her side. So he had to delegate the missions to other people. So as soon as he got that in March, he had an expedition put together within one month because he's like, I'm going to get on this. I have seven years to make this happen and I want to be rich. He got a fleet together to be led by a man named Simon Fernandez, and he will come back later. The other big important person was John White. John White was just a mere artist. Okay. But they wanted artists to come along on the voyages because that was like your photographer. Yeah, that's right. That's where it all comes from. They would also bring a lot of scientists along to help like talk about the different Flora and birds and, and, yeah, yeah. and to help them find, I guess, they called on something else. I don't have it written down here, but they were people who were able to find metal and precious gems and things like that. So this first expedition is to follow the standard route to get into North America at the time, and that was going through the West Indies, which was not really the West Indies. It was like Puerto Rico and Hispaniola and some other islands that they would stop at. So they would go for several weeks and then they would stop there to collect fresh water and more resources. So they left on April 27th and they didn't make it into the North Carolina Outer Banks area until July 4th. So that's how long these guys are on the ocean. Yeah. Well, isn't the West Indies at this point ruled by Spain now? Yes. Conquered by Spain. So how do they They stop there for resources? There were certain areas that Spain would allow. I think they probably had to pay money. They could stop there to get supplies and things like that. So they were allowing them to do some exploration but they were also spying on them. And <laughs> and there were many fights out in the ocean over like boats. Some of the English boats would get captured by the Spanish. Some of the English would capture the Spanish. Like yeah. it was a whole part of the fun, I guess, of exploring <laughs> back then. As we go throughout this story, we'll hear about that was one of the main reasons the guys came over is because they wanted the chance to take down a Spanish fleet mm. and come back with all the money. Yeah. Okay. The crews were all men. There were never, you know, women because God forbid. I can't imagine being a woman. You would have just been sexually assaulted for six months straight. Yep. It was not a fun ride in any way. Like I'm reading stories about this and it sounds pretty fucking miserable (laughs) to be on these ships. (laughs) And it's not a cruise ship. No, not in any way. You're hitting so many storms along the way. People are dying like on the oceans. They're getting sick. The only food that they really have to eat is like salt beef. Like anything that is uh, dehydrated or like Mm -hmm. can last for a long time because they're on these boats for four months. That's crazy. Just sounds miserable. And we'll talk about it more when the colonists come over. And I think we kind of learned about this, but I feel like it's just so whitewashed when we learn history. Like I never thought about how horrible it probably was for the pilgrims coming over. Right. We'll talk about these colonists. Like it was literal hell. So for you to want to leave Europe and come to the new world back in the day, you had to have a really good cause to want to get out of England. Yeah. Yeah. And most of it was men wanting to make a lot of money and make a name for themselves. You could like raise your station in life if you could come over to the new world and find money and bring it back to the queen. I see there was a lot of reason for ambitious men to come over, but yeah. for like women and children to come over to the new world would have yeah. been. And we'll talk more about I mean, it. You're risking their lives. Yes. And most of it is going to be because of religious persecution. That's mm. the only reason that people would have left England right. back in the day. They showed up to the area that is now called Cape Fear called Cape Fear because it's a very hard area to get boats in. And the English were coming over in quite large boats and they're finding out how hard it is to navigate getting into those small channels where the outer banks are. This first voyage was very successful. 
They met the Sikotan, people who controlled Roanoke Island. Everything was friendly at first. Of course. <laughs> Typically it is, right? Right. The Native Americans thought that they were very interesting. You know, they brought things that they had not seen before. There was lots of trading. The Sikotan chief, his name was Wingina. He established good repertoire with the Englishmen. And so they felt like it was a very successful first attempt to come into Roanoke. And they returned back to England and said, this is the place that we need to go. It's bountiful with resources. There's plenty of land. The local people are receptive to us. They even referred to Roanoke as the Garden of Eden and having just everything that they could need in the New World and the colonists would love to go there. So Raleigh reported this back to Queen Elizabeth. She was so impressed with the results of this that Raleigh was knighted at that time. Okay. So he became Sir Walter Raleigh. Even though he didn't do it. Even though, well, he sent the expedition. <laughs> he sent the, it. Yeah, he was the manager. And she proclaimed this new land his and that it would be called Virginia. Oh. And she proclaimed him Knight Lord and Governor of Virginia. Interesting. He officially owned this, according to Elizabeth I. Even though she's in England. <laughs> they've never seen and it. And the people who actually <laughs> live there are like, oh, okay. But now it is Raleigh's turn to find people that want to go over there and fund the next expedition, start the colony, and then pay money back to the throne. That's what it's all about. <laughs> so for the first colony in Virginia, Raleigh planned a large military operation. He wanted to send military men in there to explore and evaluate the natural resources. The intended number was going to be 69. But for some reason, approximately 600 people were sent on the voyage. It went from 69 to 600? <laughs> I think everybody was just so excited. Like these first little explorers came back and like told this tale of the Garden of Eden and these nice mm. people that want to help us. It's just the most beautiful land ever. And then all of a sudden he put it out there that he wanted to start colonizing it. And so many people signed up and they were like, yeah, I want to go. That sounds great. It's the land of milk and honey, blah, blah, blah. 600 of you, it's going to be gone in a day. <laughs> So the plan was that these men were going to all go and about half of them would remain at the colony and then a second wave would come later. And there was a man named Ralph Lane and he was appointed governor of the colony. And then there was an admiral and his name was Sir Richard Grenville and he was the military leader to come over and command the mission. It's so weird. I don't know. It just all seems so weird to me. Honestly, I've never thought about how America was really formed. It's just stupid. It's pretty fucked up, actually. Yeah. When I start looking at this, I'm like, the fuck? you just came over Ooh, look, here. You know, you're a governor. Yeah, exactly. You haven't even what? been there, dude. But you sent this guy over. He said, it's great. Now I'm going to knight you. And now you can make all this money off of land that's not really ours. Well, and I think this is how England and Spain did everything that's back crazy. in the day. see. And if you go to the museum in London, the British Museum, it's full of a bunch of stolen shit. Stuff that all these like conquerors or whatever you want to call them stole from other people. That's all it is. They're just a bunch of thieves. Yeah. Thieves and murderers. <laughs> and we're going to see that. Now, why would they choose the military to go in? Oh, I wonder why. Yeah. They're saying it's going to be peaceful, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. they want to send a military commander who's been in war mm -hmm. and take all his soldiers. So you can yeah. already see where this is probably going to go downhill pretty quick. They did invite some civilians as well. And this is the word I was looking for earlier. It's metallurgist. Okay. So they had a metallurgist there that would help them find precious gems. And, and that was really what it was all about. They wanted to find copper, gold, and silver. Mm -hmm. They sent along a scientist. His name was Thomas Harriet. And then they commissioned the artist John White to go again. So this would be the second trip for John White. I mean, he better be drawing some pretty good shit. Because <laughs> he was really good. I guess. Actually, some of his stuff is in art museums. So he was a very good artist. Okay. 
But he was just a civilian guy. He wasn't yeah. any big deal. And, and he'll come up again because he's going to be the governor of the colony that is eventually lost. Mm-hmm. Now, when they came back after meeting with the Secotan, they did bring back two of their people as like ambassadors to England. And I think they wanted to show the Native Americans, you know, this mm. is... Yeah. What England is like. One of those men, his name is Manteo. He did come back with them to Roanoke on this return voyage as well. And now my favorite word of the episode comes up. So the fleet consisted of seven ships. They had the large, I'm not even going to try and say this, but it was named the Tiger. And that was like the lead ship. And then they had a flyboat called the Roebuck and another flyboat called the Red Lion. And then they had two small pinnaces oh. named Dorothy and I was, Elizabeth. I was about to say, is it Pinai? <laughs> <laughs> I almost said I, I at first when I didn't say penises, I just flat out said penises. Penises. <laughs> Peni. Penises. And so what these are is they were smaller ships that could go into the channels easier. And those mm. would also be the ships that you would leave behind. So you would take the big ship in with all of the people and right. then you would leave the penises behind for those who stayed to colonize because mm-hmm. then they could take those up and down the channels to explore more. Makes sense. So a big old fleet of seven ships is leaving. But tragedy would strike quickly capsized (laughs) (laughs) so they left on april 9th 1585 and they hit a severe storm on the coast of portugal and that separated the lead boat tiger from the rest of the fleet and one of the penises would sink Ah. however they had planned because this is the ocean and this shit happens all the time and fernandez was also the captain again and he had been on the original one that we talked about. So mm-hmm. Fernandez is back. He had put together a plan. He's like, if we get separated, kind of like when you follow somebody in a car, they did the same yeah. thing with ships. He's like, yeah. if we get separated, we'll all meet in Puerto Rico. Okay. So that's what they were planning to do. So the tiger just kept going, even though like his other six ships disappeared. He's like, uh, they'll catch up eventually. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. And so they arrived at the rendezvous point of Puerto Rico on May 11th. These guys move fast because they got to Puerto Rico and they're like, we have nothing else to do. We don't know when the other ships are going to be here. So let's practice building forts. And so they <laughs> built a fort and a base camp. And it said when they arrived eight <laughs> days later, the fort was complete. So that's why I'm like, these guys are yeah. kicking some ass. Yeah. I mean, what kind of fort though? That's what I'm about to say. Maybe there's no rooms or anything it's no. just one big building with yeah. a tarp <laughs> it's really <laughs> just to go into just in case you need to they also set about and replaced the lost penis so i don't know if how big that boat was but they built yeah. a whole nother penis boat in okay. eight days and had it ready to go and they're like hey we lost one and i don't know what i happened. mean back then people had more skills in that way that's true boats nowadays no one would be able to build a boat we'd all just drown and die (laughs) exactly what i would be rafts that's the only (laughs) thing we can do none of us can figure out how to bend shit (laughs) no what i think is interesting is they're just like oh we lost one of these boats they don't talk about the people on the boats i'm guessing they all were lost at sea and that was just part of life back then i guess so if you went out on the ocean there was probably like a 60 percent chance that you're gonna die it's scary it's a scary place So the rest of the fleet never arrived. They just never showed up. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) They said one of the ships encountered difficulties. They were near Jamaica. They ran out of supplies. And he apparently just dropped off 20 of his crew on Jamaica. He's like, here's your life now. (laughs) You're Jamaican. (laughs) I I like read this and it is kind of funny because they're like, like, we can't make it back. We have no food. Just get off the boat. Good luck. Bye. (laughs) And the captain always goes back. He's like, there's enough food for me, but the rest of you. Sorry. Bye. (laughs) Somehow the other three boats that did not arrive in Puerto Rico, they just kept on booking it. And they did show up to the Outer Banks in mid-June. So that was the Roebuck, the Red Lion, and the Dorothy. So they didn't go 
They didn't to stop. Puerto Rico. They yeah. just kept going. Who knows? I think it's just all depending on how the winds come because I was reading stories about how ships would just get stuck because the wind mm. would stop and they would sit out just drifting for like 20 days. Yeah. Ship life is not my life. No. The pirates <laughs> the pirates life is not for me. <laughs> Whatever no. that song is. Yeah. No. So these other three ships showed up at Croatoan Island and once again the ship's captain just said, "Okay guys, we're at an island. Get off the ship. All those people got off at Croatoan. Oh, I mean, at least it's closer. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, the other ships were coming and Grenville, who was the main military commander, he was able to make contact with the local Spanish authorities in the area. He was hoping that they would help by giving them some fresh provisions. But the Spanish did not want to help. And then Grenville's like, hmm, they didn't bring us food. They're probably going to come kill us. So they had to abandon quickly. And that's when they headed towards Roanoke. Okay. Not even a coconut. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Now, Mr. Grenville, the admiral, as they were leaving, they did run into two Spanish ships. Maybe it was the ships bringing them provisions, but (laughs) they didn't ask. They just captured them. So then they they got two new ships and all the stuff that was was on there. Was there food and stuff? (laughs) Yes. It's so crazy. (laughs) It was just kind of a free for all. Sounds Out there. like it. Me pirate, you pirate. <laughs> <laughs> I guess then the Spanish just become prisoners. I don't know what happens to the people on the ship. I, well, I don't know. Prisoners are dead. One of the two. Thrown over. I doubt they're friends. They don't speak the same language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of hard. Now, they ran into even more difficulty. And to me, this is just signs that Roanoke was not the place. They ended up getting into the shallow areas and they ran a boat up onto the shoal and it like burst <gasps> the front of the boat and oh, all of their supplies no. fell out oh, <laughs> into no. the water. So most of the supplies they brought to build the colony was lost at sea. And so by the time they got to Roanoke, they realized, um, we don't have enough to support the settlement in the size that we thought we were going to. Just collect it. I don't know. (laughs) Don't you have nets? I don't know how it worked, but it said it just all washed away and they're just like, well, shit. Oh, well. There went all our food for the year. And then they had to play rock, paper, scissors to figure out who got to stay and who got to get back on a boat and go another five months back to England. Like, I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to live on the island that has no potential food? Or do you want to get on the boat that That also has no potential food? Exactly. (laughs) I would just go to America at this point and go grab some fruit off a tree on the edge if that exists. They sent some boats back. We're now at August 5th, and some of the faster boats were sent back to England to report on the success of the expedition and their safe arrival. With no food. They kind of leave that part out. Okay. It's interesting. When they go back, they never talk about any of the difficulties. The mm. only reason we know about this is because there was writings by the people who were on the ship. Mm. And what's interesting is a lot of the information we get would be like secret letters that men would write and send back with other people oh. that were going back. And they're like, I know what they're going to tell Queen Elizabeth but can you like do something with this because this is the real story yeah the politicians of the time they don't want to hear anything bad they just want to hear that you arrived they don't care that you know 500 people died on the way that's kind of just whatever well, if, they, if you die after a month of being there though what's the point <laughs> <laughs> she probably was like well if they resort to cannibalism at least somebody's there <laughs> So because of all the provisions that were lost, it meant the colony would have to rely upon the generosity of the natives Mm. basically to live because they had enough provisions to maybe make a few months. But they're going to have to learn how to grow some food themselves, trade with the locals. Mm -hmm. The diplomatic relations began, and that was with Lane, who I said was going to be the governor. Grenville, who was the military guy, he also was staying there because they had to repair the boat before the military could get out. And he decided he also wanted to go along for the expedition 
missions to get to know the natives, which I think is always a bad idea. Probably don't send the military guy in, but well, I mean, it's what they did. Do they know that? I, now I'm just picturing them with like signs on their chest, governor, military guy. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have like different uniforms. I don't know. But like the military guy's going to be just, I mean, I don't want to make any assumptions. Yeah. Or I was thinking stereotype. Military guys have different goals and they're probably not as diplomatic yeah. when it comes to like getting along with the locals. And yep. we're going to see that play out here. So they went to visit the Seacotan had built up all these villages. They had like their own like Mm. communities they had several towns and they had like main kind of like how we're built today they had their big main epicenter like their denver colorado and right. they had the little towns around them yeah and there was a unity between all of the different native american tribes and they would trade with each other and they were all living pretty peacefully yeah and then the white man came to fuck it, fuck a- it all up fuck it up so they went to the large town of aquascago is this and on they- roanoke Yes. Okay. They brought along Harriet, who was the scientist, and they also brought along John White because they wanted them to come in and, you know, study the North American, draw some pictures. Yeah. They were welcomed into the Secotan tribe. They were showing them their crops. You know, their main crop was corn, and that's what kept them through the winters and everything like Mm -hmm. that. All the men noticed that the chiefs and their families were wearing, like, copper necklaces, copper rings, so they were very interested in that. Okay. They had many meals together. They traded things. They had brought over like toys from England and, Uh you know, the kids in the tribe loved that and they were getting along really well. And then one night they had, maybe they had too much to drink. I don't know. They had a big feast in Aquascago and it was like their farewell. The military were going to leave the next day. I don't want to know. It's so dumb. (laughs) This is so (laughs) dumb. The next morning when they got back to the boat and they were going to take off, Grenville was about to set sail. One of the men noticed he was missing a silver cup. (sighs) And he was like, I didn't trade that. They must have stolen it. And they they called the Native American savages because they did not dress like them. You know, they were dressed more appropriately for the weather, honestly. (laughs) These guys are in full thing, like sweating to death. And the Native Americans are running around in like clothing that's, well, and they made acceptable them. that they made out yeah. of, you know, anyways, they were so upset about this fucking silver cup that they sent a group of military men back to Aquascago to ask about it. And they came back and they're like, hey, where's our cup? And the Seco 10 are like, we didn't take your fucking cup. I don't know. You probably misplaced it. Yeah. And they're like, we know you have our cup. <laughs> I just oh, like, my God. We don't have your cup. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, the military men decided that this was reason to burn the whole village. No. No. They were planning on doing it anyway. You're right. Maybe they were just looking for an excuse. They wanted a cup to be... They needed something so that they weren't complete savages of killing an entire city. They thought people. they were better than them. Yeah. I don't know. No, it was planned but already. this was what was written in the They history. wanted a free meal first. It's fucked up. Yeah. They burned the village down. Not only did they burn the village down, they went and burned all their fields because they knew <gasps> corn was what allowed them to live through the winter time because you can store it. They burned all their fields. But don't they want food too? Are they stupid? Well, these were men that were going back to England. What about all the people that they left on the island? They don't give a... I (laughs) guess they don't give a fuck about their brethren. This is just the military guys. (laughs) Okay. But, you know, John White had been there and some of these others, and they were, I think, the ones that wrote down this account of what happened. Mm -hmm. They burned it all down, and the Native Americans had to flee to their other cities, and then they got on the boat and they got the fuck out. 
Well, they left all the colonists here with the disaster. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You guys are cool. So they had the one friend, Mantillo, that I mentioned earlier, who had been to England and back. And he became like the liaison to like mm-hmm. try and smooth this over. And so he went on their behalf and was like, you know, that was just that group of men. They don't represent the rest of us kind of a situation. And they were somehow able to smooth it over. <laughs> and they allowed them to begin building the English settlement on Roanoke Island. Well, probably. Probably because now they're scared. Look at what they do over a cup. I think that was part of it because I was reading. I just have it like kind of summarized here, but I did read they wanted to set an example and let the Native Americans know who was really in charge. But they didn't need to do that. No, They were trading with them. Yeah. I think that in a way, like the English maybe had this mentality because the Spanish and like they were always fighting over there. Yeah. They just assumed that these. That's the way to do it. Sikotan would eventually come after them. So they wanted to get the jump on them. There's not a lot of rationalization here. It just sucks because there was no need for it. No. So at this point, they've been on Roanoke for about a month and they've, you know, fucked things up good. And the military's like, we're going to leave. Good luck, Lane. And so Lane was the leader of the colony and he was left there with about 108 men all men too. all men at this point Ugh. i'm worried about the women of the sequin right you have 108 men with yeah, no woman exactly it doesn't talk a lot about that but i'm sure some of those things were going on Ugh. hopefully their men were protecting them yeah i would imagine they respected their women so now i'm going to go into some more messy history and just one thing after another i just feel like the english just kept backstabbing the native americans they were the only people that could help them. And then yeah. Lane would keep making really foolish decisions. So I'm going to go through a little bit of those. And the main reason I'm going through all this background is because they really set the new colonists that are going to come over next with their women and children. They really set them up for failure because yeah. these men do not know how to have relations, good relationships. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. They probably know how to have relations. But right. They don't know how to have one-sided relationships. Yeah. Um, it's just really sad and unfortunate. And I know that we all kind of have an idea of the history of our country and how the Native Americans were treated. But like, I don't know that I knew all of this from when we first came over here. No, of course we didn't. We were just assholes from the get go. Yeah. When Grenville left in August on his way back, he raided a large Spanish ship, the Santa Maria de San Vincent. It had been separated for some reason, probably because of weather or something. And he was able to board it and take it. And he got like, it was basically worth like $2 million today that he brought back. And so when he brought that back to Queen Elizabeth, she was happy. He became a hero. And then they were like, okay, Roanoke is the place. This is a sign from God that Roanoke is where we should be because both expeditions have been successful. Now, (laughs) nothing was mentioned to them about what was going on with the Seacotan and like the fact that they had no food and things like that that was for them to worry mm. about all elizabeth cared about was money 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 i don't know much about elizabeth the first but from reading the story i'm not a fan <laughs> i mean what i don't understand what can you do with all that money anyway nothing do you sit there and count it <laughs> probably john white also came back on this mission uh with the military men so he did not stay there but he came back because he did have a family back in england and he was able to bring back all these wonderful drawings of mm. the Seacotan and the white dudes getting along at, you know, <laughs> he left out the part about them burning the village and all of yeah. that. So it became really big deal in England. Everybody wanted to see these pictures. They wanted to hear about the savages is what they called them. 
Yeah. They brought back like some of their weapons. They brought back a canoe, things like that. And it became a curiosity for the English because they had never seen something like that. So Mm -hmm. this is rising more interest in the new world because it's just so different than what they know. Right. So let's go back to Roanoke and what's going on with the colonists there. So England thinks everything's wonderful. They're excited. They're ready to send more people. Meanwhile, it's just a bunch of hungry dudes. Bunch of on a beach somewhere. Hungry, horny dudes, probably. <laughs> so many Dirty. of the colonists that had gone over were expecting that they would become rich, like I mentioned. They thought mm-hmm. they would find gold and silver. And instead, they're like starving to death on this <laughs> island. And there's not a lot of natural resources. So yeah. whoever had called it like the Garden of Eden had lied. Yeah. Because Roanoke is actually pretty Barren. almost desert-like. Yeah. A lot of brush. You know, if you go into the mainland of North Carolina, it's very lush. But the Outer Banks areas. Like a lot of islands, they don't have yeah a lot of natural resources on them. They just pissed off the Seacotan that could yeah. have helped them. I mean, relations were a little bit better, and I think they were helping them. It did say that they taught them how to, like, fish and catch oysters and catch clams and whatever else, crabs that you find on the island. So they were learning to sustain, but winter was coming up and they had to set up stores and they didn't have any corn or anything like that. So they were at the point where they had to rely upon the Seacoton and their generosity. And so a lot of these men that were there were trading off some of their like favorite guns or whatever they had brought over their treasures because they were planning to live there. They had brought some of their things and they were feeling like they were getting like the bad end of the deal because they were having to trade off their like sentimental things to get yeah. like some corn so yeah. that they didn't start well, to death. But there would have been more to go around. But you guys decided to I burn mean, it all. Yeah. I do feel bad because most of the people left behind were not the ones that burned. So while they were there, the colonists did start exploring other areas looking for copper, gold, all of that that they expected. They went up to Chesapeake Bay. Chesapeake Bay is actually up in Virginia, so it's quite okay. a ways up. But they went up there when they had nothing else to do and because they were starving and looking for other things to eat. And it was wintertime. The Seacoton also owned most of the towns up in Chesapeake Bay, and they came up to the Chesapeake Villages, and they thought that they had found the place. They they were imagining they were going to be like the Spanish who found the Incans and the Aztec kingdoms because these towns were like four times the size of what was on Roanoke Island. Mm. So Roanoke Island was like the country folk, and now oh. they got into like okay. the, the urban areas of the Seacoton. And so they got really excited, and they're like, we're going to become rich. At this time, the Native Americans started noticing something. Mm. Every time the English would come into the village and leave, many people would die because they were spreading their nasty germs. Yeah. And these people had no immunity to it. It was so sad. It was influenza or smallpox is what they assumed. But sometimes they would like half the tribe would die. And so the Seacoton started suspecting that the English had some kind of supernatural forces because they didn't understand germs back then. Well, yeah. They thought that they were being punished because they weren't helping the Englishmen as much as they should. And Englishmen, of course, were also coming in because they also traveled. I didn't mention this earlier, but they had religious people with them. Yeah. That decided the savages needed to be converted. Yep. All that bullshit. And so they were teaching that. And some of the Native Americans actually started to believe that the God of the English was cursing them and that they needed to convert. And so there was a lot of those dynamics going on, too. They would even ask the Englishmen to pray to their God and and ask, you know, that their child or their wife or whoever wouldn't die from these diseases. Oh, well, here's the problem, though, is that. 
they thought they needed to send the English into other communities to pray for them. And they just didn't realize they kept sending them to more towns and were like, go pray, go pray. And they were just spreading the disease. Oh, geez. The main chief, who I will not say because I can't pronounce it, he actually succumbed to smallpox. And at that point, his replacement, who was Wengina, and he was the original one that had been there with the silver cup episode. Right. Wengina was not about the English. He didn't trust them. He didn't think they were a gift from God. And now when he moved into becoming chief, he was like, fuck the English. I don't think that this is helping. He told his tribes that they needed to go back to the old ways and that they were being punished because they were following the English religion Uh, and all of that. He changed his name from Wengina to Pemisapan, which means one who watches. uh, (laughs) He was suggesting a very new, cautious and vigilant policy towards the English. He did not trust them. He was going to let them exist on Roanoke, but he was not going to go out of his way to help them. Right. Now, Lane, the governor of the Roanoke colony, realized that Pemisapin was kind of turning them against him. And so he decided that he would go and try to make allies with a different tribe. Oh, geez. They were called the Chowanoke. He, however, used Pemisapan to set up the meeting with the Chowanoke, and Pemisapan told the Chowanoke not to trust the English. They didn't <laughs> listen, though, for whatever reason. When Lane showed up, they were there, like, ready to have, like, a peaceful discussion. Lane showed up with all of his army men with the guns, and he captured their chief, <laughs> who was named Manitanan, and he basically told Manitanan, tell me where the riches are. And I'll let you go, blah, blah, blah. And so Minotanin was like, oh, well, we don't have them, but there's another tribe that does. And he was actually trying to deliver them into a tribe that was a lot more. That would kill them? Yes. So uh, I'm not going to go into all of this, but it just like went back and forth. Yeah. Like everybody screwing everybody over. And by the end of it, all of these guys who'd gone up to Chesapeake Bay got nowhere. They pissed everybody off. They got no <laughs> copper and they couldn't get any food except for what they could find. And at some point they kind of ran back to Roanoke with their tail between their legs. Yeah. When they came back, there was I think there was 50 of them that went up and then the 50 behind were like, oh, we thought we figured you guys all died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they weren't doing much better in the colony. They were trying to survive on their own. Everybody was starving. And so at this point, Lane was like, fuck it. This isn't going to work. We're going to go back to England. Well, I mean, you guys kind of caused your own problems. Yeah, it's your fault. Before they left, they decided to set up a meeting with the Secotin under the guise that they were going to try and put together a peaceful agreement to exist. Well, the Native Americans did not know that the English were planning to leave. They thought it was a real meeting. And instead, Lane showed up with all of his people and ambushed them and killed every single one of the warriors that showed up. There were 25 of them and Pemisapin, the main chief. He killed him and he put his head on a spike and set it outside of the colony. Oh, okay. So they had to just show off one more time and then they got out of there. (laughs) Okay. So now everybody's gone. Well, they left behind like 14 people. Okay. To just follow the colony. I would not want to be one of those 14 people. I mean, you just like killed all the people. hiding in the trees and the tree somewhere. (laughs) Imagine they're all doing rock, paper, scissors. (laughs) They're like, I don't want to stay. I don't want to stay. But yeah, they supposedly were going to leave behind 14 people. And they told those 14 people they were going to go back to England and then come back with a large amount of people to, you know, take over. (laughs) So that's where we're leaving Roanoke right now. It's completely fucked (laughs) yeah when lane and the colonists that he chose to bring back with him reached england none of this was told to england um they 
arrived with tobacco, potatoes. They brought back more artifacts from the Native Americans and everybody thought it was successful. (laughs) Oh, so we've got 14 people left behind on the island. Raleigh wouldn't consider that to be a successful colony. Mm -hmm. And so he was at risk of losing his claim. So his own personal interests are now getting in the way. And he's like, I have to send somebody there. We have to make this a real town. Right. Nobody in England knows what's really going on there. Raleigh is worried about his own person. And he decides to start advocating to get a real colony there, including women and children. Why would you send women and children there? (sighs) Well, who would be the best person to send? So they went after John White. John White wasn't a well-known man, if you remember right. He's just the artist. Yeah. Well, John White, and this is speculative. There's no real proof to this, but it makes a lot of sense to me. I read a book by Lee Miller, and I'll talk more about it later. When you read most history books, they're just very straightforward with Mm -hmm. facts. She wrote her book like a crime investigation. Okay. She said, let's talk about it this way. There were 112 men, women, and children who went, and they were never seen again. Who was the most likely person who murdered them, what happened to them. And so she treated it that way. And she went back, and I thought that she had a very interesting take that I hadn't seen in any of the other books and articles that I read. Her idea is that John White was chosen. He was part of a what you would call a separatist religious group at the time. Very similar to the Pilgrims. Okay. In England right now, there is a shit storm of stuff going on with religion. Right. Elizabeth's trying to establish... Christianity. Christianity. Was she the Church of England? I'm trying to think. I think she was Church of England. Spanish is still there with Catholicism. Yeah. There's also war brewing between England and Spain. The dynamics in London at the time are just abysmal from what I read like Mm -hmm. it's not a place you want to be and especially not if you're trying to practice a religion that's not one of those two major ones yeah and it seems that John White was part of a separatist congregation and she believes that that's how the settlers were chosen it was a whole congregation because she's like doesn't make sense for all these women and children who don't know each other to just get on a boat because like I said earlier in the episode it's absolutely horrible conditions to get on a boat yeah So for you to want to take your family overseas, you have to be facing some sort of persecution or feeling like you don't have, you know, a good future in your current place. Raleigh was having a hard time finding investors that wanted to go over, but he had to set up a colony. So I feel like he went to this guy, John White, and he's like, hey, you can be a mayor of the town. And John White, because he had this congregation that he was all friends with, could convince these people because they were being persecuted to go with him. Yeah. So that's the whole thought of Lee Miller. And I kind of agree with it because I don't know how else they would have convinced people to go over there. Mm -hmm. They had no proof of like copper and gold. Right. So to get like an influential level of person from England to give up their lifestyle and go to the new world wasn't very likely. Especially when you typically have a roof over your head, you know, you have the water, you have everything you need and you're going to go essentially camp it out. Right. That's a big change. And they were basically letting these settlers go over with John White at a really low cost, which was weird, too. Mm. Like there was just some weird circumstances. And I that's why I liked how she wrote the book, because she's looking at this like as a crime investigation. This right. doesn't make sense. You're just like offering these people to just go over to the new world and whatever they find, they can make money. And she's like, that's mm-hmm. not an offer that's usually given to people. Right. I think that they wanted to send regular people over because they thought that would go better with the Native Americans. They're mm-hmm. like, if we send over, you know, a group of women, children and men, maybe they'll forgive us. <laughs> Maybe it'll be okay. 
I don't know with the last thing that happened. Maybe not. Probably not. But they also didn't care if these people lived or died because they were separatists. So they're like, whatever. We don't really want them in our country anyway. Send them over there. Whatever. Let them die. It doesn't matter. They were like (laughs) guinea pigs. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing. They weren't supposed to go to Roanoke. They were supposed to go to Chesapeake Bay. Oh. Because when Grenville came back, they said Chesapeake Bay was the place to be. It had easier water to navigate. For one thing, it didn't get hit by hurricanes and it had less of the, I guess, tension that was there with the Native Americans on Roanoke. Walter Raleigh told John White, you're going to go set up. It's going to be called the city of Raleigh and it's going to be in Chesapeake Bay. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) And John White had been there and he had seen the one fall down of, you know, the cup incident. He had been there for that, but then he left. He didn't see any of this other stuff and there was no way for him to know. He wasn't high enough in the ranks to have heard what really happened in the military. And he had been there twice. And so he was easier to convince. And so... He thought it was a good venture. He thought it was, you know, going to be the right move because he took his daughter who was pregnant and her husband along. Yeah. His wife had died by now. So that was his only family. And then he brought a bunch of his friends Mm -hmm. from the congregation. So I don't think he would have gone into this if he had known what was really happening. Right. Once again, he did not think they were going to Roanoke. He had been to Roanoke. Right. And Walter Raleigh's like, you're not going to Roanoke. He's like, that's not it. You're going to somewhere that's so much nicer. It's further up. You won't have to worry about the things that you saw at Roanoke. So they were tricked into where they were going as well. Yeah, it seems that way. Hmm. So on January 7th, 1587, they set off. It was three ships, the flagship Lion. And it was once again, this is also suspect. It was captained by Fernandez. So Fernandez was the guy who had led the ships the previous two times. Okay. He had been there. He knew where he was going. Right. You can't just accidentally end up in Roanoke now. He knew where Roanoke was and he knew where Chesapeake Bay was. Mm -hmm. There's no reason he would have known where he was going. Right. So I'm going to bring that up because it's going to be weird that they don't end up where he was supposedly told to go. Right. And then they sent a pinnace again because that would be left behind with the colonists so that they would have a way of transporting up and down the coast. Right. I'm sorry, it wasn't in January. January is when they approved the mission. They obviously wouldn't go in the ocean in the wintertime. They departed for Chesapeake to set up the city of Raleigh on May 8th. Okay. Now, a few weird things happened along the way. It seemed like the ships weren't loaded with the amount of provisions that they should have been. Oh, so not even enough to get there, let alone have stuff when they got there? Yeah, so there was some controversial things here. And this all comes from Lee Miller's book. Also, you have just normal civilian men, women and children who had never traveled on the seas. They're getting seasick. Yeah, it's horrible. And so Fernandez, who knows this route, I'm going to say that multiple times. He knows where he's going. He said, we'll stop in Puerto Rico and we'll get resupplied. They were running out of fresh water. We'll get fresh water. We'll get everything we need. But he didn't take them to Puerto Rico. (laughs) He took them to somewhere else. Okay. Nobody really knows exactly where he took them. And we have all of this because John White wrote this in a letter. Right. And so they stopped at an island, supposed to be Puerto Rico. And the only food that was in the area was some kind of fruit growing on the tree. And all of the people ate the fruit. Oh, no. And they got sick. Very, very sick. Uh. Like it made their lips tingle. They don't know what kind of fruit it was, but it was something that was not good for consumption. Oh. And supposedly Fernandez told them to eat it. Oh. And then there was no water wherever they stopped. The only water was this lake that was like two or three feet deep and it was really nasty. Oh. Lake. So a lot of the thought is, was somebody trying to 
like pretending that they took them there and did something to get rid of all of them, went back to England and said it's success it's successful now. Yeah, but is it somebody who's after Raleigh? Because Raleigh is the one that's trying to get colonized because he wants to have the claim. So to me, it seems like it's some kind of sabotage mm, of Raleigh. Possibly. Because they don't want him to have a successful colony. But then also, why would Raleigh choose John White? Unless maybe Raleigh had good intentions and he's like, I'm going to choose this group because I know they need to get out of London because they're being Possibly. persecuted. Yeah. But then this Fernandez guy got paid off by somebody because yeah. he did not take them I think Raleigh maybe expected them to go to Chesapeake Bay because he had reason for them to be successful. Raleigh right. needed them to be successful to keep his claim. Right. But there's somebody working against that hmm. in what I saw in this book. And okay. this was all written with John White. And yeah. and there's a lot more details I could go into. So that was the first thing. And then they came into the Outer Banks. They're in horrible shape at this point. And for some reason, Fernandez is like, we're going to stop at Roanoke on the way. <sighs> Because I was told I should check in with the 14 men we left at Roanoke. Make sure that they get provisions or something like that. He made up some story. This was not part of the original plan. Yeah. And even John White was like, that's odd. Because Roanoke's not really like on the way to Chesapeake Bay. You have to go, if you look at a map, you have to go out of your way to go to Roanoke. So it's very odd. Right. So it's not been two months. They left on May 8th. It's July 22nd. So Fernandez was like, we're just going to go in real quick and check on the 15 surviving colonists and the waters are too rough to get to Chesapeake Bay right now. We'll just stay at Roanoke for a few days and, you know, work on a few repairs for the boats. They had hit some rough seas, things like that. And so they were bringing the colonists and they brought the pinnace in. They put like 40 of them on that. And then they had the fly boat that had all of their like belongings and everything like that. They were able to get those two ships into the Roanoke Island. Mm -hmm. And then they would use the pinnace to go back and forth to get more colonists and to get more people. And eventually even Fernandez and his crew would come onto the island. Okay. The problem is that was all at night when they got there and then they woke up the next morning and they realized that there's nobody at the fort. It's completely dismantled. Nobody's there. And the houses that are left behind are just overgrown with, they say with melon leaves. So I guess maybe melons naturally grow on Roanoke or whatever. The only thing that they found was one skeleton. They have some melons to eat. (laughs) It doesn't ever say maybe they're nasty melons. It never says anything about melons. So yeah. Maybe they're wild ones that like wild animals eat, but humans can't. I mean, that's something the native people would know. Right. But, you know, you went and killed everybody, so (laughs) they're not going to work with you anymore. Now, Mantillo was back on the ship with them. I don't think I mentioned this earlier. Mantillo was on. They had taken him back when Grenville went back. This poor guy just keeps getting dragged back and forth to England. He got Mm -hmm. dragged back to England and now he's back at Roanoke. He was there to try and smooth relations again now that they brought the colonists with the mommies and daddies Mm -hmm. and all of that. And they did for his service to the colony. They baptized him and they named him Lord of Roanoke. So that was like his, I guess, initiation into the English ways of life. And they were like, please, please help us, essentially. And he was going to be their liaison. While they were there, Fernandez said that they could not continue on to Chesapeake Bay. And so they were just kind of waiting out the storm. Or so they thought. Okay. The colonists thought they were waiting out a storm. Mm -hmm. Fernandez had a different idea. Fernandez knew that he and his Men. men were just there to repair. And then they were going to go back to England. Okay. He somehow had orders from somebody for some reason to leave the colonists. For all we know, it's Queen Elizabeth. It could be. You never know. They're separatists. Yeah. Now, one little 
light was on August 18th, Eleanor Dare, who was the daughter of John White, gave birth to a daughter. What a journey. (laughs) She was named Virginia in honor of being the first Christian born in Virginia. She was actually the first English child or I guess citizen ever born in North America is Virginia Dare. As we know. Yes. As records show. Right. Because before this colony, there were no women and children coming over. It was all just Mm -hmm. men. There's records that indicated that another woman in the group named Marjorie also gave birth shortly after. So we've got little babies now subjected to these cruel men's whatever. Right. Pull for power. That would have been a fun boat ride being all pregnant. Oh, my God. (laughs) Those poor women. Now, they decided in looking at where the original fort was built that it would be better to relocate a little bit further up uh, to be, I guess, more secluded. Something, probably better resources. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly why, but they decided that they were going to relocate to a better location. Now, the colonists did not think that they were staying at Roanoke. They thought they were heading on to Chesapeake Bay. So they had just set up like a temporary little shelter, probably Mm -hmm. built some tents or whatever you do. But for some reason, reason somehow John White came to understand that the plan was for them to be left there I don't know if it was like one of the men that worked for Fernandez like just wanted to be like hey heads up yeah because he likes you're gonna get screwed over or something you know the baby's being born Mm -hmm. knowing like this isn't right like this is a situation so somehow John White found out that the plan was never to go to Chesapeake Bay and they were going to be left there and he confided in his people because he's the governor And he was like, look, I don't know what happened. There must have been some confusion. We're not going to go to Chesapeake Bay. This is going to be our home. And so we need to figure out where's the best place to set up town. And the colonists started freaking out because this was not what they were told it was going to be. It's not the Garden of Eden. You've got, you know, women who just had babies. Mm -hmm. You've got men, you know, with their wives and children going, oh, my God, like what's going to become of us? And they all like got together. When they heard this news and said, John White, you have to go back to England Mm -hmm. and appeal to the Queen, to Sir Raleigh, somebody and say, we can't stay here forever. We're going to run out of provisions. We don't have enough to last in this area. Right. It's not set up for us to be successful. Mm -hmm. In November, they finally got all of the ships prepared and the weather was good enough for them to return. And John White did get on the boat with Fernandez. I'm sure that was a really interesting ride back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's like, man, you just screwed me and my family over. And Fernandez is probably like, hey, it was my orders. I'm just, you know, doing Mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to do. I'm just this guy. (laughs) But White did get back to England. So there was no like complete sabotage. At least they didn't kill him. Which is surprising. Right. That would be surprising. White did not want to leave. He actually wanted to stay with the colony and just make the best of it. But he was just implored by everybody there. They were like, there was nobody better to go back and I guess plead on their behalf. Which is probably true. Yeah. They did before White took off. They moved up the shoreline of Roanoke to an area that was supposed to be, I guess, more fruitful for building their colony, had more resources. It was further away from the Native Americans. It seemed like the place. They also had Mantillo there to help. So I think John felt like he was leaving them in an okay spot. Mm -hmm. His plan was to go straight back to England and then come straight back. That would have been like 10 months. Would have been eight months. So it's about four months to get back to England and then four months to get back to Roanoke from England. Yeah. So yeah, he would have been gone for eight months. It's a long time. That was the plan. And he would come back with provisions. By the time they got back to England, the Spanish Armada was mobilizing an attack against London. Oh, boy. So he comes back. 
he was planning to go and say, this fucked up shit happened to my family and I need to get provisions back. But war started. Oh, no. Bad timing. So he's stuck in London and he's begging anybody and everybody to try and get on the ship to go back. He wants to be back with his family. And Mm -hmm. so he keeps talking to people. He actually finds Grenville, the original guy that went there. And he was like, hey, I heard you might be going back because they were going to send some military back in March. So that was only like six months later. But they couldn't get out in time because of the war. Queen Elizabeth took all ships and put them toward the cause. So there was nothing that he could do to get back to the colony. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's a scary thing no matter what. You send him away. You don't even know if he's going to make it to England. Yeah, he could die. The whole ship could sink. And nobody knows. He could have died two days after leaving. There's really no, like, I can't imagine. Like, you're just dropped off on an (laughs) island. With melons you can't eat. And you have no way to talk to anybody. No way. That's why religion was such a big thing. You're just praying all day long. (laughs) Right. And hoping for the best. And I had also read some of these colonists, like they didn't come over as full families. Some of them came over as like just the men and then they were planning to send for their women and children later. That's usually how they did a lot of things back then. Yeah. And it makes sense. They go to check it out before they make their families do a long trek of some kind. And from what I read, most of the families that went were related to John White. And that makes sense because they were like all one family uh, unit. They trusted him yeah. and all of this. And so someone just didn't really like John White. Just a bad reason. situation. It was sabotage. White is appealing to everybody and anybody he knows. The war is continuing to stretch on. He finally goes to Sir Walter Raleigh and says this happened I think Raleigh feels for him because Mm -hmm. I think Raleigh was the one that was double crossed here and Raleigh gets him on a privateering expedition organized by a guy named John Watts and privateering they're just going out basically they're pirates oh (laughs) they're just going out trying to get things but like somehow they convince this group that they'll drop him off at Roanoke with some stuff or no I don't know exactly at this point He just wants back regardless. Yeah. So he took off with them. By then, it had been three years. Oh, my gosh. It said he actually arrived. I don't know how true this is or how accurate it is, but it said he arrived on the birthday of his granddaughter, Virginia, on her third birthday. There is some interesting stuff. I'm just going to go on a little tangent here about Virginia Dare. She has been used in a lot of historical fiction. There's like whole plays about her. There's like books about her, like Mm. being this heroine. And I'm like, she's three. Well... There's all these stories that she grew up and became like a a Native American princess and things like that. So she's if you ever look up Virginia Deer, there's some interesting things about her. I kind of want to read some of the books now. (laughs) Take the one English little baby. Well, what happened to the other baby that was born? They don't care about her. She wasn't second. (laughs) She's the second child. She's the middle child. (laughs) So when they showed up in 1590, it was August 18th and they saw smoke on the island. And so like coming up. Yeah. And so they were excited. They're like, oh, the colony is doing well. As they were coming up, they were singing very loudly like English songs. They just wanted the colony to know that they were friendly. They weren't Spanish, you know, anything like that. And then they spent the night on the boat because they didn't quite make it there. And then they got up the morning of August 18th. And it was said that they found fresh tracks in the sand. So somebody had been there when they came up loudly. So somebody had seen the boat come up. Mm -hmm. But nobody came out to like greet them. When they got off the boat, they did discover carved into a tree the letter C-R-O. They continued on and they reached the site of where the colony was supposed to be, but there was nothing there. There were no houses. There was no fort. 
there was nothing that like should have been set up because they were setting that up when white left. Like right. they were building it. They were in the process. There's 112 people there. Like they needed right. yeah. shelter. The only thing found near the entrance of what would have been where the main fort was built was the word Croatoan carved on one of the posts. That's just creepy. Is that the so, name of a tribe? Or anything. So there's an island nearby called Croatoan. There's also a tribe called the Croatoan. So okay. it could be either one. What White thought was that it meant that they relocated to Croatoan Island. He had agreed when they left, and nobody really knew this, but it was written in his documents. In 1587, when he left, he told them, if things get too hard and you need to relocate, because they had the penis where they right. could go places, leave me some kind of sign of where you went. They had also put together, he said, if you are in duress, like if something bad's happening, you're getting attacked, leave this symbol. And it. this is why Lee Miller believes that they were a separatist group, because they had this certain kind of cross that they used. Oh. And I'll have a picture of it. It's kind of looks like the Templar's Knights cross. Oh, okay. And he said, leave a cross if you're in trouble and I'll know that something bad happened. Well, they didn't leave a cross. They only left the word Croatoan. Okay. So he took that to mean that they had relocated to the Croatoan island. They continued to research the area and they found, like I said, all the houses had been dismantled and nothing was left behind except for three large trunks that belonged to John White. This is interesting. Interesting. The belongings he had left behind were mostly like art supplies since he was an artist. It was like canvas and paints and brushes and they had been left laying out and he said that they had been looted. So somebody had taken something from the trunks, but Mm -hmm. there was no other signs of anything. So I think it's really interesting that the only belongings left behind were his. Yeah. So even I mean, if you're taking a penis, those are probably very heavy trunks. They're not taking things that they actually don't need. And his is just art supplies and other sentimental things. So maybe they left it also as a sign to be like, hey, we took our shit. You need to grab your shit. Right. That's what I think. I don't know. I would think they would take it if it was his family. But if they left it there in case he was going to come back. I mean, with how many people, for all we know, it was just enough weight for that last boat. They're not going to grab trunks instead of people. Right. They also looked all up and down the shore and there were no boats to be found. It's assumed, you know, they were left with one penis, but it would be assumed just like we heard in that earlier story. They probably built more penis boats because it seems to be something that they can build. Mm -hmm. Um, So they had the one and then it's assumed that they could have built more boats, but nothing was there. So they returned to their boat that night and their plan was to go to the Croatoan Island the next day to look for the colonists there. But that night, the anchor cable snapped on the boat that they were on and I guess boats at this time had four anchors and they had like cables and I don't know anything about boats but they needed four and that left the boat down to just one so they were down to two the this one broke and the captain was like we can't go in and like anchor anywhere else we only have one anchor and if it snaps we're like screwed and we'll we gotta go exactly so they can't they just like drive by and (laughs) drop John off I think so the way the Outer Banks are, you go into this like sound area and you've got Roanoke and then Croatoan. and they would have to go further into the sound mm-hmm. and then they'd have to come back out. And the captain's like, we can't do that. We only have one anchor. If we go in there and it snaps, we're fucked. We can't get back 
somehow. Okay. I don't understand all the specifics, but basically the captain's like, nope, we're not going anywhere else. I brought you to Roanoke. Sorry, we have pirating to do because that's the main purpose of our mission. You said you wanted to come to Roanoke. We came to Roanoke. I'm sorry it didn't turn out the way you wanted to, but we're going back to England. Yeah. He went back to England with them. I guess he fought with the captain and the captain was like, you know what? They're at Croatoan. It's fine. We'll come back next year. And that was the compromise is that he would come back with them the next year. So White would go back with this group of privateers and that would be the last time he ever set foot on Roanoke. Oh, wow. He just had to take a guess what happened to his family. Yeah. In the book that I read, there was a letter written and a lot of people believe it was a suicide note because he just basically spells out everything that had happened. And then he disappeared. He like gave this note to one person that he trusted and then he was never heard from again. Oh, a letter written by him. By him. Okay. And that's a lot of the facts that I go through is from that letter. It's a very Mm -hmm. long letter. It's more like a book in a way. It's like the story of his life. And I think he just gave up. Because he had no family at this point. He had taken his only daughter and now his granddaughter and he had no idea where they were. And he died not knowing what happened to his family. I'm hoping, you know, he probably believed they made it to Croatoan. But the thing is, if they had made it to the Croatoan island, there would have been other ships that had gone there at some point. You think you would have heard something correspondence or something i mean but, but after did. john white though do they keep looking do they even care that's what i'm about to go into okay so that was john white was the only one that really cared about the colonists well not really walter raleigh cared because okay. he needed that colony once again to yeah. establish his claim so when white came back he reported that his belief was that they had simply relocated and they would still be found alive as far as raleigh's purposes As long as the settlers could not be proven to be dead, he still could legally maintain his claim on Virginia. Oh, So he wanted to go with that story. They're at Croatoan. It's fine. Now, Raleigh ended up going himself for the first time ever. In 1595, he was able to leave because he told Elizabeth he needed to go over and find his lost colonists. Yeah. Well, that was a lie because what he really wanted to be doing was looking for treasure. (laughs) He was actually on the search for El Dorado. Do you remember the whole El Dorado? Yeah, I do. Yeah. (laughs) He came back to England. He didn't find El Dorado because it didn't exist. When he came back to England, he said his intention was to stop in the Outer Banks, but the weather was just too bad and he wasn't able to check on his colonists. Okay. So nothing's working out. (laughs) No. He then funded another mission in 1602 to the Outer Banks with the stated goal of resuming the search. But once again, he really didn't care about the colonists. He was after sassafras because the price of sassafras had skyrocketed and he knew that he could find that in that area. So that was the main reason he went. But he also was operating Mm. under the guise that he cared about the colonists and wanted to find them. (laughs) Sassafras. And then treason. Raleigh (laughs) was... (laughs) Elizabeth was no longer queen in 1603. So just one year later... King James took over and Raleigh was implicated for treason. And then Virginia was taken away from him because I guess he was trying to keep King James from coming into power. I don't know all the details, but (laughs) he was implicated in what was called the main plot and he was arrested and Virginia was taken away from him. And then that ceased anybody really caring what happened to the colonists because John White is dead, we think, or has disappeared. Raleigh only wanted the colonists for his own means. So that was all that was done to look for them. They were just gone. I mean, you would think, too, that over time, somehow someone from if they went somewhere else would find a way to get word somehow, some way. So that's all they knew. Like they literally didn't know anybody else back in England to get word to. They done it. I mean, when you originally said that they were missing and everything was gone, like my thought was 
But then you said they were only left with a pinnace or they could have done a couple more, like made a couple more. But my original thought was they put everybody back on a boat and then they intentionally sunk it. Oh, like, like after a big John. boat. Yeah. Like after John was on the other boat. How else can you explain all of the belongings being with them as well? That's true. I didn't think about that. But you're not they only the had theories. They only had pinnace. They had a pinnace. So that was 1602. Raleigh's gone. There were a few other voyages throughout the 1600s, but not a lot. I think we may all be familiar with Jamestown. That was actually the colony that was settled next in that area. I believe it was Virginia. But Jamestown is a whole nother story because there yeah. was the massacre at Jamestown mm-hmm. because relations with the Native Americans did not go well. The next time that we really saw someone seriously looking for the lost colony of Roanoke was in 1701. So now it's oh, been wow. over a hundred years. Yeah. The main reason that they say nobody was going to the Outer Banks is because they ended up losing so many ships because the weather was so bad there. And like I said, with the way that you go into the sound, Mm -hmm. there were multiple stories of boats just getting torn up. So I think they just decided there wasn't any money there. They didn't care about the people anymore. And they kind of just quit going to the Outer Banks at this point. Right. But there was a guy named John Lawson who went in 1701 and he actually visited the Croatoan Island, he encountered what was called the Hatteras people. So they were Native Americans. Do they have a story of some white settlers that came to stay at one point? When he met the Hatteras people, he was impressed with the influence of English culture on their way of life. Hmm. And it hadn't been known that that many English settlers had come to Croatoan. And in their ancestry charts, they had people who had been white. And some of the Native Americans had gray eyes. Oh, okay. So that kind of supports something happened there. So Lawson theorized the members of the 1587 colony had assimilated into this community after they lost hope of regaining contact with England. His belief was that they somehow used their penis to get over to Croatoan Mm -hmm. and just said, hey, we'll join your tribe. That makes sense. I mean, that's the only word left on Roanoke is Croatoan. He did visit Roanoke Island on that venture in 1700, and he reported that he found the remains of a fort. He also reported finding English coins, firearms, and a powder horn. And that area today you can go and visit. That's considered the lost colony of Roanoke. So let's talk about modern research because this is still considered an archaeological mystery. So there's been archaeological research on Roanoke Island that began in 1887 in the 1990s is when they actually started finding more compelling finds, but nothing that could be positively linked to the 1587 colony. Everything that they found and dated actually went back to the original colony that was established by Lane in 1585. So the military mm-hmm. asshole colony. They honestly probably had better chance of getting along with the Croatoan because they weren't military people. They're just moms and kids and husbands. In 1998, there was some research done by a climatologist. His name was David Stahl. And he concluded that an extreme drought actually occurred between 1587 and 1589 on Roanoke. So he believed that they encountered a drought, which would make sense if they needed to leave. Yeah. They did this by studying. It's amazing that they can do this kind of stuff. The growth rings on the cypress trees there. And they could tell that specifically 1587 was measured as the worst growing season in the entire 800 period that that tree had lived there. Ain't that some time for you? Yeah, they, not only did they get like abandoned on Roanoke, but they got abandoned in the year of the worst Roanoke drought ever. Roanoke just did not want to have extra settlers. That is just what's <laughs> happening. They said, not you. 
In 2005, a computer scientist named Roberta Estes, she started an organization for DNA analysis and genealogical research. She is very interested in the disappearance of the 1587 colonists, and that motivated her to try and establish a genetic link between the colonists and potential Native American descendants. So she's been testing Y chromosomes and mitochondrial DNA. The problem is that they don't have exact genetic properties from the remains of a lost colonist or one of their descendants. So with her having no bones of an actual colonist, it's kind of hard to do. And as of 2019, she has not been able to positively identify any living descendant that would have come from the Uh, 1587 colonists. They're there somewhere. So let's talk about what theories are out there. What happened to this colony? That's all the research that's really been done. There's not a whole lot to go off of (laughs) because there's nothing there. And they're continuing to dig to this day. I've read probably like five different theories and books. And there were like archaeologists that came out and said, this is definitely what happened. But then somebody would come over and say, no, you don't have the proof of this. So there's really, I don't think it will ever be solved. The matter of what happened to the lost colony has developed a reputation among academics for attracting obsession. and Mm. sensationalism any of these crazy theories that we might hear doesn't make much sense yeah if aliens came or something (laughs) or bigfoot got them or they were massacred i don't know that they would have had time to write croatoan no i mean it seemed that takes a while for it to be legible in a tree as well so one of the theories and this was brought up by david beers quinn he concluded that the 1587 colonists sought to relocate to their original destination of chesapeake bay And they were going to use the pennace and other small boats that they perhaps built to transport themselves and their belongings. He believes a small group would have been stationed at Croatoan because Croatoan was on the way to Chesapeake Bay. Mm. They would stay there to await White's return and direct him up to the transplanted colony in Chesapeake Bay. Interesting. Following White's failure to ever come back and locate the colonists, he believes the main body of the colonists would have quickly assimilated with the Chespians up in Chesapeake Bay, and the lookouts who stayed on Croatoan would have blended in with the Croatoan tribe. None of this would have happened if you had just taken them there in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Most historians believe this is probably one of the more likely scenarios, or that the missing colonists just assimilated into whatever nearby Native American tribes were around who were Mm -hmm. friendly to them. And they said the assimilated colonists would gradually like give up their European, I guess, style, their ammunition, their clothing, their culture, their language, their style of dress, and they would have just become part of the native tribes yeah the reason they believe this is true is because they have observed colonial era europeans at the time when they were removed from european society by native americans like if they were captured for substantial periods of time they were usually reluctant to return (laughs) i think this is funny oh they enjoyed living with the tribes even when they were captured most europeans they were reluctant to return to their previous life as long as it wasn't a cannibalistic tribe right it seemed like the native americans were nice (laughs) but they said what was interesting is that the reverse was never true like Mm. If we capture Native Americans, they couldn't wait to get back to their tribe. They do not want to be a part of European society. So it's very reasonable to assume that's what happened. The colonists were, you know, in a state of drought. They Mm -hmm. had nobody to help them. They had to do what they had to do. And why would you not? You have babies, you have women Mm -hmm. and other children that needed to be taken care of. Once again, they've connected as many tribes as they can in the area. And some of those tribes are shown to have descendants that had blue eyes and other European features, Mm -hmm. thus supporting the idea that perhaps that's what happened to the colonists. 
Another theory, which I think you kind of mentioned, is that the colonists decided to rescue themselves and sail back for England in the pinnace and any other boats that they built. If they did try to make it back to England in those ships, they could have been lost at sea. Yeah. And that would account for the absence of all the ships and any trace of the colonists. Right. I don't think they were that stupid, though. That's a long way Desperate. to go. It's plausible. Did they have any sailors that would have been qualified, like would have even known which way to go? I don't like, think so. I, so. I think that that would have been a they did the trek before. Right. In smaller boats and knowing what they had to do in a bigger boat just to get there. I don't think so. Island hopping, maybe. Island hopping in a pennace would make sense. But they said, you know, they were capable of making the trip across to England, but never did they go by themselves. They were always along other vessels right. because they could be, you know, pulled by other vessels or rescued. It would be like... Mm-hmm a complete death whoosh you'd get capsized real easy going across the Atlantic Ocean that's yeah. not very smart mm-hmm. I don't think they were that dumb I don't think so additionally the provisions needed for a transatlantic voyage would have been significant they didn't even have resources there so what would right. they have eaten in the boat to go across the Atlantic I just don't think that's a very viable option no I mean, it could be a viable option of why they disappeared. Maybe they did think they could try it and they just all died and nobody's found the shipwreck because it's in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. All of them. That is actually one of the ideas to why this theory doesn't make sense because they said there's no way they would have all left. They would have left somebody behind and there would have been proof that somebody had been living there for a few years or something and there was nothing Mm -hmm. to show that someone had lived there. Seems like they made a decision pretty quickly. (laughs) They had to. Like, they didn't even build a colony. So Mm -hmm. maybe some Native Americans showed up and they just took off. They were like, hey. For all we know, they got threatened, too. Like, we don't want to kill you moms and kids and stuff, but you guys ruined your chance being here. So find somewhere else to be. (laughs) They didn't get massacred because we'd have bones and bodies. And they could have just been captured. Even they could have become slaves. There was a whole other theory I read. Or maybe it's going to come up here in a minute that they were all like traded to different tribes as slaves. It is a possibility too, but I don't foresee the Native Americans taking absolutely everything from their campsites. Right. So let's go back to Lee Miller, which is the book that I read. And she believes in the conspiracy against Raleigh. The reason that they were marooned, is how she put it, on Roanoke in 1587, was to undermine Walter Raleigh. She believes it was Sir Francis Walsingham who worked with Simon Fernandez to, I guess, orchestrate this whole ordeal. And she said because of this conspiracy, it would have made it where Raleigh could not send a relief mission to help the colonists until Walsingham actually died in 1590, which goes along with the fact of that's when we see Raleigh actually come back and start looking for his colonists. Okay. So that's her thought. Mm-hmm. She believes what happened once the colonists got here and realized that they were marooned is that they split up. She thinks a small group relocated to Croatoan while the main went up and sought shelter with the Choanoki, who were up in Chesapeake Bay. Okay. She theorizes that they would have spread disease, which would have disrupted the balance of power in the region because it would have taken out more of the Choanoki that they were staying with. Yeah. And that would have allowed the more savage, yeah, like kind of the, the bullies of the tribes would have used that as their chance to overtake Choanoki lands. Oh. And so her theory is that they were called the Mandoag. They were a powerful nation. They were also the ones who I think massacred the Jamestown. Oh, okay. She concluded that they would have come and taken over the Choanoki and kept the English colonists as captives. Yeah. And used them as slaves because that would have become something that they could trade 
with other tribes and among mm-hmm. cities like it becomes kind of like a curiosity it's like oh I have an English woman here I have an English man here yeah you can use them yep. and and she thinks that would have just dispersed them throughout the region and that's why there's no real clear way to find descendants she's like that's why looking at just one tribe doesn't make sense because their genetics are spread throughout everywhere yeah. And maybe they didn't have babies with the Native Americans. Maybe they were just kept as slaves and You'll never they know. had no descendants. <laughs> Until we find something that shows one of them somewhere. Drawing, writings. Another big theory is that the 1587 colonists were not as hidden as England thought and that Spanish forces found oh. the island. Mm-hmm. And they were so pissed off at the audacity of the English to try and colonize that they took the colonists. It was known that the Spanish Empire, because they had seen the boat stopping in the Caribbean, they knew that England was up to something and they were sending boats out and looking for what they were up to. So they could Mm -hmm. have just come up on them. Still doesn't make sense with the Croatoan. I know. I feel like if they were attacked, that wouldn't have been written there. Now, one of the most interesting theories, and I think it's been seen as a hoax now, was in 1937. There was a series of inscribed stones that were discovered, and they were claimed to have been written by Eleanor Dare, which was John White's daughter, who Mm -hmm. had the little girl, Virginia. Supposedly, these stones told of the travelings of the colonists and their ultimate deaths. Most historians today believe that they are a fraud because investigations linked all but one to a known stone cutter named Bill. There is one stone that they can't link to him and they believe that it's different from the rest. And based on like whatever they can do, the chemical analysis and the way that the linguistics were written onto the stone, they said that one is possibly genuine. So that could be proof that there's something out there and they survived, but they can't say for sure. Yeah. I don't want to believe that they all became slaves. I think most likely they tried to go to Croatoan. Maybe they didn't make it. They could have drowned easily. And that would explain why nothing was found. You have a bunch of people. There's 112 people. They've never been on a boat in their life. And then they're trying to navigate what we're being told by, you know, experienced sailors. One of the hardest places Mm -hmm. to go. Yeah. I think that's where my brain takes me is I think that they probably just drown. It would have to be on multiple boats, though. It could be on multiple boats. Yeah. But like, think about how hard it is to find shipwrecks these days. We mm-hmm. we have boats that have disappeared, like larger than the Titanic that have never been found. These yeah. were just little wooden boats. Yeah. They would have decayed and nobody was looking for this. When we finally decide it's interesting, we're into the 1900s and that boat's been <laughs> right. gone for 300 years right and it was just wood it could be completely disintegrated or Mm -hmm. dispersed throughout the entire ocean so I would like to believe that they made it but I think you've got a bunch of panicked people who have no seaworthy experience that we know of yeah yeah Mm-hmm. And they're in an area where hurricanes hit well, all the time. Well, they have to have some kind of seaworthy experience because how else are you going to build another boat? Maybe they didn't. We don't know. We assume they built another boat. All we know is that they were left with one pinnace yeah. when John White got on the boat with Fernandez and left. And then three years later, there was no sign. We're just making stuff up. They left John White's stuff. Yeah. So maybe they were pissed and they're like, here's your trunks. <laughs> it's possible. We don't have room for this. Yeah. Maybe you'll come back. Did they wait very long, though? There was nothing built. Like, they didn't even try to build a settlement. There's mention of a fort twice, but is it the same fort from before? It's or the or fort it from, fi- the- yeah, from 1585. So I don't think they wait- They stayed very long. I think John got on the boat. They had no food. They had babies, and they got desperate. Mm-hmm. Did they cram 
all 112 people on this little penis and it sunk. It's possible, but not with all the materials, not everything they had. That's what's throwing You're me right. for a loop everything's here because gone. You're everything's right. gone. Okay, we can't solve this one. Nope. How are we going to solve this? If they assimilated in, okay, so if a happy, friendly Native American tribe showed up, then they would help them get to other islands because we know that the tribes knew how to navigate. Mm-hmm. They could have taken them, you know, five by five on canoes with their stuff. It could have been like a yeah. a long thing with moving to Croatoan. Yeah. To me, yeah, I guess Croatoan makes sense. They wrote that. They wrote that. They met somebody. Maybe some friendly Croatoans came up to the island and they were just sitting there upset. Yeah. <laughs> and they or felt sorry for them. Maybe Mantillo was talking to his tribe and there was like an agreement among tribes that well, they can come to Croatoan for now. We'll try and help. True. And Mantillo, you never know. And Mantillo would have been able to advocate on their behalf because right. he'd be like, these aren't like the other guys. They're just normal people that want to live and raise a family. Because he got dropped off with them. It's not like, I think that there was something done to remove them from the island in some way. I hope it wasn't for nefarious slavery. purposes. Like, I'm just thinking of the kids at this point. <laughs> slavery, but. I'm yeah. realizing there is one story I forgot. Oh. And this happened, it was only like four days after they got to the island. There was a man who went out crabbing because oh. they were hungry. Yeah. And he never came home. And he was shot to death by like 30 arrows. Oh. So that's another, I guess, kind of important part to this story <laughs> yeah. is that, yeah, only four days after they got there, one of them was murdered by what we would assume is one of the Native American tribes. So maybe they felt bad when they realized that he wasn't a soldier. Yeah, and then they came and, and got for the all they the know tr- they do because look what they did last time they were there. They killed everybody and cut off the leader's head and put it on a stick. That's yes. how they left last right. time. And then they brought these like in my mind these naive people who thought they were coming to the new world to yeah. not be persecuted for their religion. Dropped them off. All I know is I feel really sorry for these 112 people. I really hope that they found a friendly tribe that took them in. Yep. And they taught them English and they learned native language, Dakotan and- language, yeah. and everybody lived happily ever after. Kumbaya. Yes. That's what happened. That's what I want <laughs> to believe, but I don't know. My mind goes to, I think they all drowned or something. It makes sense if there was a big enough boat for them all to be on, but I don't know. I don't think that they were that dumb to think that they could make it all the way. And why would they want to go back? They just escaped it. Yeah, there is a reason why they escaped. A trick was played on them to not even go to where they said they were going to take them. Yes. So in pop culture, for whatever reason, the message Croatoan has become, it's kind of taken on a paranormal quality. Oh, It's been used. uh, Stephen King used it in one of his short stories. It was also in a television miniseries called Storm of the Century. It was used in the television series Supernatural. That makes sense. In a 1994 graphic novel of Batman, it was called Batman Spawn War Devil. It states that Croatoan was the name of a powerful demon who in the 20th century attempts to sacrifice the entirety of Gotham City to Satan. Okay. (laughs) So I think this is why when you think about Roanoke, a lot of people think paranormal. They think ghosts, they think witches. Mm. For some reason, before I started researching this, I was thinking it was connected to Salem somehow. I don't know why that was in my head. I think it was because of American Horror Story, maybe. Because their premise is that there was a group of undead colonists that came back and that the leader was called the Butcher. And they even had John White's wife, Thomason, in the American Horror Story, which we know John White's wife was not with him and she wasn't alive. So there's been a lot of different things out there that make you think that it's more paranormal than it really is. 
which I wish it was more paranormal. It's just the premise of a, a lost colony that gets people just people disappear. Going. Yeah. Yeah. And then in 2015, there was a novel called The Last American Vampire. I thought you would enjoy this, Jessica. (laughs) And the colonists are the victims of a vampire named Crowley. And that's why the inscription of C-R-O was in the tree. Just ignore Croatoan, (laughs) though. (laughs) I kind of like that. Or maybe Croatoan was the name of the Dracula-like vampire. That would have been, they should have thought more about that. That was also out there. So there are things, um, if you want to go visit, Roanoke Island today you can they have celebrations of the lost colony on Virginia Dare's birthday I don't know what you're celebrating but they do have (laughs) that there there's actually an attraction and it's based on a book that was written in 1937 called the lost colony and they now have a play musical that they do and they tell the story it's about Virginia Dare and I believe that it's also about them assimilating with Native Americans and then Mm. Virginia becomes like the heroine Okay. It's controversial because I guess the way that he wrote this book, Virginia Dare is seen as like a white nationalist type of symbol. So maybe Mm. don't tell anybody you want to see that. Okay. The world in the 1580s was a pretty messed up place. Yeah. Just like the world is a pretty messed up place now. People are fighting over religion Mm -hmm. and just not leaving people the fuck alone. Mm -hmm. Let them worship who they want. Let them believe what they want. Why does it matter? It doesn't. And now we have 112 people potentially dead or relocated or enslaved because of politics again. They were marooned on an island that they were not supposed to be going to. Yeah. Something happened. We'll never know the true story. I don't even know why they're going to Chesapeake either. They do want to be in Chesapeake Bay. The Native Americans were a little bit more open, although they did spread smallpox and influenza up there. So who knows? Who knows? Like, I think no matter where they landed, they probably would have been not welcomed. We know that happened with Jamestown just a few years later. Mm hmm. If I look at the story of Jamestown, I don't remember it all, but I believe it was also caused by some stupid military ego man. Probably. Fighting. Here's the moral of the story. Don't send military men in. (laughs) No. Don't send egomaniac people in to try and like start relations. Like you don't come into an area and try and like take over by a show of power, Mm -hmm. which is what they were doing back then. But they also didn't have any heart for any of it either. But that's exactly what they wanted to do. They wanted to come in, show power and quickly take over. And take all their shit. They didn't give a crap about saving any type of relationship between the two. So no matter what they teach you in history, there was never any like moral or good intentions when we no. originally came over to colonize And Elizabeth America. the first just sounds like biatch on her throne. Go give me that. Go give me that. I want some of Pillage and murder cool and give me copper. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me a copper necklace to go with my other 5,000 diamond necklaces. That I do nothing with. I also think it's pretty messed up when I'm reading. Like they would go and capture these young usually boys, like teenage boys, to come back to England with them. And they were just a curiosity. I don't think that these tribesmen like Mantillo, from what I read, he wasn't like volunteering to go with them. They were just like, oh, you're a smart kid. You've picked up some English. Get on the boat. Yeah. And it was said that he kept trying to get back. He always wanted to come back versus when the Europeans were captured by the Native Americans. They were like, I'm good. Yeah. I don't want to go back. As long as it was a nice one. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's my history story. Nice. Um, Well, not nice. It was a very shitty story. It it wasn't a good one. (laughs) I came into this 
thinking there might be some paranormal qualities, but there's we, not that I can find. Do. We always think something is going to happen. But you know what? We all learn something. We yeah, learned I learned that something. I don't remember this story. The English and the Spanish were a bunch of dicks at the time. I mean, maybe the Native Americans were too. Me and Jessica were just talking offline that there was always one tribe that was kind yeah. of the meanies. Well, they would capture and kill and sometimes eat other tribes. Yeah. Like they were known for that. They were the really mean ones. Okay, that could be another explanation for all of them to be gone if they were eaten. Yeah. And then they would have just taken their things. Yeah. Dispersed throughout. But they didn't want John White's three trunks of no, goods. No, I still think like there was at least an initial decision to leave and that's what was left behind. Yeah. What happened after, we can never know. No one knows. But I think there was an initial decision as a group to leave yes. Roanoke. To Croatoan. To Why Croatoan. else would they have carved it? Right. And that's what John White told them to do. So yeah. we did not solve this mystery. No. I thought we would. I know that, you know, <laughs> thousands of people way smarter than me and Jessica have tried to solve it. But I thought for some reason we could, but we yeah. didn't. No. So All right. you'll have to come back for us to fail again next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Explaining any mysteries. I'm not sure what we're doing next Tuesday. So no, it's not planned yet. You'll have to well, come back to there's see. something on the list somewhere. <laughs> Will that happen? I have no idea. <laughs> I think the last three episodes I've done were not on my list. No, neither so of, neither were mine. So. We are chaos. We are chaos. <laughs> we are pure chaos. But we have a calendar. Yeah. We know when we're going to record. And I don't release. even we can't even say we know when we're gonna record. Well, <laughs> we, we make a decision that. each week at least. <laughs> Life is crazy until yeah. this is our full-time job. So help yeah. us make this our full-time job. If yeah. you enjoy listening, yep. we told you everything at the beginning. So we're not going to go over that again, but uh, thank, thank you, you. For listening. And don't be douchebag pirates and leaving people on abandoned islands. Don't. And also never trust getting on a penis. Oh, they'll sink. It's not going to take you very <laughs> far. <laughs> Well, that was a new word for all of you guys. I did not know the penis, and that is spelled P-I-N-N-A-C-E. Whoa, that wasn't even where my brain was going to go either. What did you think it was? (laughs) P-E-N-N-I-C-E. Penis. (laughs) Don't go into a spelling bee. (laughs) No. And have to spell penis. Anyways. There's lots of different ways. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening. We love you guys. Stay lucid. Stay lucid. Bye. Bye.